0: All right, I think that works. I think we're up. We're, we're fine, Gene, we're finally on. Um, All right. So for for the one or two people that are watching to the live broadcast that I do on YouTube, Twitch, or on Rumble, we have a special guest. This is uh Gene Sticko. I say that right? I'm terrible. He he's running, he's a 2024 presidential candidate and he's taking some time uh to be on the podcast, although I was late, I feel bad. Uh, it, it, there's, here's a guy running for president, and I'm like, "Hold on, bro! I gotta take a shower. I'll That's be right, right down." And the, and the dude's running for president. So, thank you so much for for joining the podcast, for joining Spazzing Out America's podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Are you kidding?
0: Where um, where are you from? Are you a Mass guy? Where where do you uh, hail from, as they say?
1: Yeah. So I um, so I grew up uh, grew up in Somerville. Um, my father, my family's originally from the north end, so he always says he had a he moved waste you know, he had to move out to the country. So we went out to Somerville because at least they had trees. And uh <laughs> so I grew up in Somerville. I went to Malden Catholic High School. I left at eighteen to uh join the military, did nine years in the air force and then my uh my post military career sort of took me around the world. Um Never, never in my life expected I'd be back, but after uh, getting married in, in 2018 um, to a wonderful woman, your future first lady, Natalia, yes. um, who is an immigrant uh, here she from legal uh, now, she, she is right now. Yeah. Yeah. She's legal. That's
0: because you guys got married, right? Exactly. Is that how that um, works? I don't even know how that works. Like you can marry somebody uh, and then they become a citizen, right?
1: Uh, no, 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 it's actually, yeah, it's a more complex problem than, than that. And it's, you know, it's actually part of, um, part of my motivation for running for president was, you know, the, the frustration with the immigration system, but we can, we can touch on that we will uh, in a bit, but you know, long story short. So, yeah, so we wound up, um, 2018, uh, moving back to, uh, moving back to Massachusetts. And so now I'm in, uh, in the lovely town of Malden.
0: Oh, that's so I. Thank you for your service. Thank you. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. When you say uh, you're surprised you came back, do you mean like uh, because you, you thought you were going to die or you're just surprised that you came back to the United States in general?
1: A little, little bit of both. Um, no, I, I mean, particularly coming back to um, back home, back to the Boston area, you know? I mean, it was, I, I always had this this idea that it was really kind of cost prohibitive, To have left and then try and move back, Um, which to some extent it is, to be honest with you. Um, And it's, you know, it's so funny because I remember about 10 years ago. Oh, God, maybe even more now, maybe 12, 13 years ago, I was living in the Netherlands. And there was an article that, you know, I came across talking about Winter Hill, Somerville, and you know the gentrification, and you know these million-dollar homes, and and I'm sh- I'm like, what? What are they talking about? Winter <laughs> hill Somerville, you know. Uh huh. And then, uh, you know, where my dad the- grew up, right over there, by Somerville. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, so it's we, um, yeah right down by uh, McGrath Highway there. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, no, it was funny, and I'm um, so. And and really, I mean, I wound up I probably spent more of my adult life living outside of the United States. Um, you know, so I have my little spots that I'm fond of and and you know, where I thought I was gonna retire to. And I, I technically I retired in 2017. Um and I had planned to just sort of go to Malta and chill out and there's
0: so much there. Wait, there's there's just so much there. I, I, I have to we, we need we do need to get unpack deep. it. We 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 need to get yeah. There's a lot to unpack because we do need to get to you know what is your platform? What are you running for? How are you running? You know, are you are you running uh, as a write-in, or are you gonna go and get certified in all fifty states? We got to get to all that. Yeah. But I'm you know, hey, how old are you?
1: I uh, just turned fifty in November.
0: All right, so you are retired. You've been retired, so you retired. What? Jeez, uh, almost 45? five years. So you bet you forty-five. So I how do how do you retire at forty-five? Are you wealthy or did you just lot, decide lot, hey, lot, I'm
1: done? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of good and poor decisions. Um, you know, I, I had some, uh, you know, I had some health issues. I'm a disabled veteran uh, Sorry. as, as Sorry. well. So, you know, I had some, some things from that. Um, but, you know, my post-military career, I worked in the, uh, uh, I worked inside the oil and gas industry, um, both working inside companies and as a government contractor, um, I had my own government contracting firm for a few years uh, where we did support of a lot of various agencies uh, in the space of uh, intelligence and geopolitical and transnational security risk management. Um, so it was a uh, it was a good career.
0: OK, so can you help me get a government contract for my business? I uh, <laughs> I own a junk removal company, so I'm like, do they need junk removal? <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, can I get in on this? I'm sure they probably I bet you they probably pay. so it's eight hundred dollars a truckload from my truck. I bet yeah. you they probably pay like two thousand a truckload. Well, probably, I, you know, I mean,
1: the um the thing about it you know, I wouldn't uh, you know those those stories, the five hundred dollar hammers and two thousand dollar toilet seats. I think those are really more the anomalies and stuff like that. but there's i mean for particularly for small businesses, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, available in, in government contracting. It's a, you know, it's a it's a process to go through. It's it's a little bit intimidating. Um it's a little bit bureaucratic, but it's it's actually not that difficult. Um, you know, you develop a GSA schedule, it's called and next thing you know, you get calls from all the agencies in the area saying, Oh, you, you know, I saw your schedule. You're on here, uh, you know, come get my stuff.
0: How much? I am all right. You know what? Maybe we'll maybe I will text you this offline and see if (laughs) how much it would cost for you to be if you were interested to be a consultant to get me on. I've been trying to do government work forever because I'm like you know it's it's you're always going to be busy. At least that's what people make it seem to be. I don't know. I don't want to hog up the time on talking about trying to get my company business, but (laughs) I never really talked to anybody that's actually had a contract with. Oh yeah.
1: Look, I, I I run a I'm the general director of an opera company now. And even being an opera company, I'm still registered in the the, the government. I, I registered the company in the government system um, for grants, um, and you know, n- never knowing when you know when an embassy might want a concert or something. So I'm uh, I'm ready.
0: Oh well, we definitely. If you don't mind, do you mind if I reach you out to yeah, professional no, no, after the all. podcast? Um, I'd let wait, anybody so, buy me a beer. So now you just talk. Now you just said opera. What opera house are you running? <laughs> is it in Boston or is it? like opera dude's got a military uh, government contracts security and now he's doing opera
1: right my wife you know my wife tells me to take out the trash i'm like look i'm running an opera company i'm running for president of the united states i don't have time for foolishness like taking out the trash
0: so so opera let, let me ask, let me ask you this yeah um opera what you know what is opera musicals like plays? I don't know anything about opera, or is it like uh Bocci- Bucciolini? Is that the guy's name? Bocelli.
1: Bocelli. Okay. Oh, the blind so, guy. Boy, you just made my night because you gave me you you just set up my straight line for my favorite thing. So Andrea Bocelli, he is so he's a magnificent tenor, right? And you, you've heard him, you you know, you know who he is. Um, and and people always say you know he's an opera singer and this and that. so Andrea Bocelli is to opera. What Olive Garden is to Italian cuisine.
0: Ah.
1: Right? He's good, you'll enjoy it. It's Um, a good time, not the same thing.
0: So it's not opera.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. What what then what's opera? Is it is it the fat lady?
1: So you you can say that. Um, and, and I'll blow your mind with all of the uh the contradictions yeah, the on that so, so the short answer is this i'm going to give you the uh, our company is called mystic side opera company and we're actually just starting it up here in malden so over the last four years of my uh, five years of retirement that's been my primary project is um sort of redefining uh what the future of the opera industry will look like and mystic side opera is the culmination of that vision you know going forward uh, and you can find that at discovertheopera.com. And if that's too hard to remember, then I have an alternate domain that leads you to the same site. Because what I'm telling people is, you don't have to go to um, you don't have to go to New York City for a world class opera experience. We've got that talent. We're bringing to Malden, so you can forget the Met. And the domain is www.fthemet.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. F the man, you shouldn't be. Yeah, you won't forget that. So that's that's pretty cool. I I'm into. I you know I I don't want to lie. I'm really not into musicals, but yeah. Hamilton. And I know that's not opera. It's good. It is. It is probably. I, and you know probably because I'm um you know America first. Oh, I love America. Yeah. It, I absolutely. Lo- I know. I could probably. I mean, I couldn't do it right now. But if we played it. I could probably word for word all three hours of it. My son yeah. listened to it over and over and over and over. I love it. Yeah, that's and funny. I've always,
1: I, I mean, I've, I've been an opera fan since, you know, I was a teenager. Um, always loved Broadway musicals. You know, I love the Frank Sinatra's, the Tony Bennett's, all the yeah. standards, you know, our our parents, our grandparents' music. Um, I still love some modern stuff and and all the rest of it. My wife's an opera singer, so that's obviously part of, uh, you know, was the motivation of of actually getting into the business side of it.
0: That's good. I'm going to see, um, I, again, it's not opera, but I'm going to see Beetlejuice, uh, yes. in May. Far so from I, opera. Yeah. I and know it's-
1: the opera isn't really opera either.
0: See you people who aren't in the, you know what it is. So like, I like, <laughs> I like to drink wine, but yep. then when there's someone that really likes to drink wine, they're like, that's our wine. So when I'm like, Oh, you know, to me, I'm like musical is, is the same as opera. You're like, nah, nah bud, that ain't even close. You know, yeah. like when I'm banging back a Riesling and the guy's like, Riesling, bro, like, get out of here. What's your problem? Exactly. Same thing with scotch or whiskey. Like, I love whiskey, but I don't yeah. know anything about it. I just know yeah. I like to drink it. You but know I, mean, what I mean, that's
1: you know, and and that's sort of what we do, you know, with the opera company. We're not here to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not here to appeal to the industry. I'm, you know, you are my ideal client. Somebody that's like, you know what? I never really listened to it. I, you know, maybe I'd like it. Maybe if I understood a little bit. So we just try to make it accessible and make it interesting and 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 make it a fun experience that you come in. And then when you're having your whiskey and your glass, of, you know, when you're going to learn, I'm going to teach you four or five things, right, that you can sit back, have your glass of wine, have your whiskey in hand, throw on an aria, and you'll be like, oh, do you know what he's singing about here? Oh, this is, you know, this is from, from uh, Nabucco. And, you, you know four or five fun facts you can throw out that make you sound like you know what you're talking about.
0: So, do you are you running shows right now? Can people, you know, when's the next show? Can people buy tickets to go to that? I, we haven't even talked about you running for president. I'm sorry. Oh, right. Do you, do well,
1: yes, yeah, so we're getting with? we're getting ready to program, we're getting ready to move into our uh, permanent space. Um the the season is lined up, not ready to a- announce it yet. But uh like I said, anyone that goes to to fthemet.com or discovertheopera.com sign up um, there's a calendar on there that sort of has all the 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 big dates right now. We've got some guest artists that are going to be coming in um, and, and doing shows. And it's it's just going to be a really great community event, um, fun date night out, things like that. Just I something a, different to do that's really engaging.
0: Do I have to wear a bow tie and, a, and have a monocle? If you want hat. to, you
1: can, you don't have to, it's it, not required, but
0: you know, it, I strongly it,
1: encourage it just for the fun of it
0: is what, what is the typical you know, for your place? You know, I'm, I'm being serious. You know, is it, a, is it a jeans and t-shirt type of place? Or do most people come in, they have, you know, they're, they're dressed up. Yeah. So we,
1: again, the, so, so for me, right. I host the event I'm in, I'm in the white tie tux, you know, and tails. Sure. Right. Cause I want to set the ambiance a little bit. But it's a no judgment zone. How, you know, just calm. I'm just happy you're there. I don't, I don't give yep. a shit what you're wearing. Okay. I get
0: it. All right. All right. All right. There are other things I need, I want to talk about too with you. I, but why don't we, why don't we get, but why are you running for president of the United States? Yeah, you don't want a better, why are you running and why aren't you starting out at a, at a lower level? You know, so why aren't you running for Congress? Or why are you just going for, or maybe that's your plan. Maybe your plan is get get your name recognition and then you'll run for Congress down the road.
1: So here's that uh here here's my strategy. I have no interest in being a politician. so to to go on a path of saying, okay, well, I need to run for city council. I, I have no interest in being a career politician, and I think ninety nine point eight percent of our problem in this country is that we have nothing but career politicians. and that every decision that is made all the way along that line, decisions are made about how do I how do I win my next election and there is little focus on what's best for the American people or what's best for my constituents at you know what whatever level you're operating at um, you know I think when you get down to the local levels you get people who are much more community focused and service focused and all the rest of it so you know why jump into you know why jump in for president You know, I say because I think I'm the right person for the for the moment and the right person for the times. Um, I go back to my career a little bit where, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of geopolitical transnational security interests. Um, And and, and I'll use this as an example to sort of summarize the Russian invasion of Ukraine. In 2004, I could tell you that Putin had desires to invade Ukraine. In 2012, I could have told you in the next two years, he is going to invade Ukraine uh, and and annex off part of it. In 2014, or uh, I'm sorry, in 2017, I was telling people, I was writing papers about how the next Democratic president of the United States will undoubtedly have to deal with Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine.
0: And then it happens.
1: And then the build, well, then the buildup starts. Mm -hmm. And from our president, we see, well, we're sending messages. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know what his intents are. Then he invades and everybody's surprised. So that tells me one of two things is happening. Either number one, we are, it's, it's part of the political theater that we all recognize happens that we all say that we hate yet we all still demand and we all still accept. Okay. That's choice. Number one choice. Number two is he honestly thinks it's a surprise after being in government for 40 years <laughs> and having access to much more, much better information than I do. And it was honestly a surprise. Um, in which case we are in much more trouble as a nation than we could ever ever imagine if if the invasion of ukraine by russia was legitimately a surprise and if it wasn't then we're being spoken to like we're idiots and we're 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 being we're being pacified and we're just having games played and and that was part that was probably the final straw so to speak of my motivation where i said you know what we need to reset government a bit we need Somebody in there whose sole focus is not a, not a political agenda, but in, in leading government in a way that is authentically serving the American people.
0: Okay. Now, and I'm that guy. Quick question on, on, on the Ukraine. Right. Yep. So when you say you could see it coming at that time, you're in the military, right? In 2004 yeah. or no.
1: No, I was already, by that time, I was already out about five years. So, so you're I was watching, working...
0: you know, George Bush and you're, and you're hearing things like, hey, man, Bush doesn't have this guy reigned in. Like, well, so I was after... living
1: in, so at that time, uh, so post-military, like I said, I was, I, I had lived in Lithuania for about three years. Um, so the the former Soviet Union in Eastern Europe was sort of my wheelhouse, my area of expertise, um, so I was very much into, you know, the politics, the geopolitics of the region um, at that time.
0: So why not? And you, the other thing you mentioned is that uh, he was waiting for a Democratic president. Why not? Why not do it when Trump was president?
1: Because, so Trump threw it. Trump threw a wrench in the works of the world. Essentially, one of the main things that you got to remember about presidents. Um, and the way the intelligence world looks at them and the way that other presidents and and their counterparts look at them are there are entire there are entire teams of people who study um, these politicians so you know somewhere sitting there in langley in the cia there is an entire office of people who are dedicated nothing but to understanding vladimir putin right Right. and they understand him and his behaviors to the point they could probably tell you what he is going to eat for breakfast on which day of the week before he even thinks that he has made that decision okay. they'll be able to tell you because they've they've studied him. so
0: i mean that's good to know i i, I feel it right, like so, comforting that we're looking into people like that
1: yeah and and so you know and and so that's you know somewhat of of what i you know did to a to a certain degree um you know certainly not that much in depth so what happened with Trump was Trump came in and nobody knew what he was going to do. He didn't have a record. He didn't have positions, you know, on issues and whatnot. Um, and, you know, so they they would look at the advisors around him and you looked at guys like Steve Brennan and um, you looked at who he actually had, you know, on the, the full National Security Council. Um, and so that probably sent a message that, he would be more willing to fight. In general, a Republican president is more willing to go to war than a Democratic president would be. Then you have to take into account a bunch of, you know, a bunch of the elections and positionings in Europe at the time, um, in the neighboring countries, you have to take into consideration politics of the European Union at the time, in order to kind of grasp that full picture and make a, you know, make a somewhat accurate analysis.
0: Okay. Now, let's say you're 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 able to rattle the tree here and, you, you know, let's say you get elected. What what when you say, you know, uh, uh, get the government back for the people, are you looking back to I mean, I, I hate to bring to say this, but people say it all the time. Are you looking at the founding fathers and trying to get to what they originally wanted? Or, you yeah. you know what, uh, we need to listen to Jefferson and, and uh, we need to blow this thing up. Should have been blown up every 20 years and we redo it for the generation
1: yeah I don't think so much from that perspective, you know i I think in terms of um you know, I talk about my 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 first hundred days in office right what what's your plan for those first hundred days? Okay. so my first hundred days are about having all of the um, all of the institutions all of all of our administration review what we're what we're doing, what are the policies, what are the processes? how do they serve the American people? And if we can't easily define, and if we can't easily articulate and communicate how, what, how a program, how a, a, an office, how an agency is serving the American people. Um, then we really need to look at, do we actually need that? You know, Um, They talk about 87,000 IRS agents. Do we need 87? No. You know what I think we need? I think we need 87,000 advocates in government who can help American citizens navigate the various agencies. That's what I think we actually need. And that's what I think is is actually being of service to America, not more oversight and control and nitpicking and you got to figure it out on your own um going through the immigration process um our a discussion i had with our mutual friend uh, Jeff Turco there from our Revere.
0: guy state rep
1: you know and he said he said just get a lawyer just get cuz i was you know having these issues and i said you know what i should not have to be coerced or bullied or frustrated into paying a lawyer to get an answer from my government i should not the system should not be such that you need a lawyer or a lobbyist or a nonprofit agency to help you navigate it. The federal government should not have processes and policies and programs that are so difficult. They begin creating cottage industries for people to use them. That's why I say we need to focus on how do Americans access what we're paying for, you know, in government.
0: Okay. Now, let's, it sounds it makes great sense because I I agree with this. So I don't I don't want to disagree. I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, I I literally just tried to appeal to his zoning board and was like, why is it costing me six hundred dollars to appeal this? I'm like, this basically puts it out of reach for anybody that would like to appeal a problem that's happened in their neighborhood. You're charging me six hundred bucks. This is nuts. So on a federal level, I, 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 understand what you're saying. And I like your idea of having advocates. I, I think we should have people that do that paid, paid by the government uh, to assist us and um, getting our, our voice heard. But when you say this stuff, you know, I, and I, I don't have the right word, right. But people mm-hmm. like, for example, when I bitched about that, someone called me a kook, I'm not okay. calling you a kook, but this is what establishment people will say. They'll say, why this guy jeans, a he's a, he's nuts. He's a kook. Why do they, why are they trying to hold on to something that doesn't work? When, when you literally in just about a minute and a half, just basically said, Hey, this is real simple to make our government work. And you laid it out. So why isn't it like that? Well, because What's it works the for them. How so? Like, because it, they, can make millions because of they keep, that, that's
1: how they keep their job. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a great example. I had, um, again, on my immigration, um, somebody suggested I reach out to a congressperson's office, which I did. And I got in touch with their, their expert on immigration. And in the discussion with her, I realized she wasn't an expert in immigration, number one. And, and within, within federal agencies, there's an office called the uh, ombudsman, which is supposed to be the people's advocate within that agency to help you, you know, resolve issues and, and all the rest of it. Um, and so in speaking with her, I said, well, I had I, I I have filed something with the ombudsman's office and I'm waiting on that reply. Unfortunately, the reply I got back was no clearer than the initial inquiry, you know, than the confusion of the initial initial response. But essentially it said, you know, no, no, we agree. Um, you know, there, and they sort of answered a question that I didn't even ask, Yep. you know, and I'm like, why? And, and again, I fancy myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm eloquent enough to get an idea across in writing, you know, I might not be the greatest speaker in the world, but I, I can get a point across specifically when i'm asking a very specific question mm-hmm. but i'm not getting a specific answer to that question so in talking with this congressperson's um, representative her reply was well there's nothing that i can do i i can't do anything different than than you can right fair enough that's you know what and i, would and, have,
0: I my head would have exploded if she said uh, that to me
1: well you know superficially i think that's great so, if in reality, if the agencies are such that even a representative from a congressional office is not able to influence that agency or get it good, you know, controls, checks and balances, I'm all for it. But what that also says to me, or it raises the question to me, then what? Do, then, then what do we need you for?
0: Yeah, that's if a great point. you point?
1: can't do. Anything more than what I can do on my own, then then what's your job?
0: Right, you your wouldn't job have is them working to at tell your me to go do it. They'd be fired if they were working at your office. You'd say, "What do you do here? Nothing. You're fired."
1: Right. What do What do you do? I tell people that that sounds a lot like a web page to me.
0: <laughs> what What do you do? Nothing. You're fired.
1: Right. I, I refer people. Oh, I refer people to what office to go to to solve their problem. That That's a web page. That's a okay. web link.
0: You're fired. See you later
1: exactly so so when you ask why doesn't any of this change it's because there are there is an entire generation pipeline set up whose of people whose livelihoods and futures and dreams and aspirations and and visions for themselves and their their family and their legacy all depend upon the system not changing
0: that makes perfect sense my god wait there's no there's uh, even if let's just say you got elected right right what's the i mean i'm not a conspiracy theory guy you know i'll just use trump Right. right i i have no idea whether or not the election was was stolen or not i'm not one of those people that gets in into that i'm just like hey uh the democrats did a damn good job um, uh, of uh, of getting ballots. They they hopped right on mail-in balloting while the Republicans bitched about it and said, oh, we're going to go to court. And I was like, no, don't go to court. Learn how to get to people's houses and make sure they fill out the ballot. Yeah. So that's how I think we lost. But there are people that believe they wanted Trump out. So let's say you get momentum, like serious momentum, right? And and let's typically a third-party candidate gets maybe 1%, 2%, 3%, right? right? Something like that. But let's just say you're killing it. And you're getting and you're really getting heard. What's to keep them from snuffing you out? I'm mean, being I know I'm not trying to, I'm just saying they look at you and go, uh-uh, we are not taking my family's dynasty of where my kids are senator, my kids' kids gonna be a senator, and they all their buddies are gonna work in my office. You're gone.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and my, my response to that is again, I I spent, you know, nine years in the Air Force security forces in my post military career. Um, and a lot of those agencies, those three letter agencies that I contracted with, um, I've been chased around Eastern Europe by the Russian mafia. Um, I've, I've, I was a bodyguard in the military for a general, um, you know, my response for that is you can try, you might be successful, but you better pack a big fucking lunch. Cause it's going to be a long day. The day you do try.
0: It's, it's unnerving to think that. You know, they, they, we could even have that conversation to where you are uh your hope is to change the government to work better for the people and the legit conversation is if you do that you put a ton of people out of work and you ruin a ton of people's legacies right. which is basically it, you it's like being a noble you know like if you're a Kennedy you're almost assured that you're going to be in government you know if right. you're a bush you you're you're in government you're gonna get a job somewhere whether you're right. an ambassador it doesn't you're getting a gig yeah, you know, so I get it, a
1: little recognition. Next thing you know, I'm Clinton.
0: <laughs> but you, you, I'm just
1: saying, because right. when you start, I'm suicided. People,
0: you mess with their money. Right. That's the issue, right? When you start messing with people's money, that's when people get upset. Yeah, you know? that's
1: it. You know, I mean, so I, I, I think you know to an extent though, what I would, what I would hope is that should that momentum or when that momentum happens sure um that it begins to change the conversations that you know i i think i think trump and the trump presidency particularly the democratic party um but politics in general missed a tremendous opportunity to do exactly what i'm talking about they they Missed a tremendous opportunity to to refocus and reimagine what politics should be or needs to be in in America. I don't I don't subscribe to the you know the the characterizations of you know uh, racism or nationalists or you know uh, um, fascists. You know that's who elected. I think the bigger message with the Trump presidency was a signal for change. Um was an expression of of frustration was a vote against the political elite and the status quo and and instead of in, the the Democrats particularly would have done themselves a much better service by stepping back and saying, "You know what? We hear you America." We, we hear this frustration, um, you know, we, we hear, I, I, I like to characterize, you know, a little bit of what we're, we're experiencing over the last, you know, six, seven years now as this, this, this cultural fission between baby boomers um, for whom the, you know, the, the world is moving too fast and your, your Gen Z and millennials who just expect instant change and instant gratification. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the unintended consequences of, of just, Oh, Oh, that's what you want. Okay. Well, let's change it. <laughs> yeah And, and well you know, the opportunity that was missed was somebody to come forward and say that to recognize that, to acknowledge it and to say, look, you know, we need to, the, the country always needs to progress. We we can always do better in everything, in every area, in you know, all of our all of our, our social and, and and world relationships. Um there's always room to do better, there's always room to grow. There is always room for more freedom, there's always room for more expression. Um and you know, but also explaining it doesn't happen overnight no all
0: right you
1: know we need to we need to be thoughtful we need to be intentional so we can we can move forward quickly let's move forward with intention let's move forward with purpose let's make sure we're being transparent about what we're doing and why we're doing it and let's make sure we're communicating um you know why it's good for the country and not just you know, jamming an ideology down everybody's throats on whatever side you're on.
0: Gotcha. What we all right? So some of the the bigger topics. Uh Where do you stand on the border? I, I'm talking about the southern border, not 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 Canada's. But I mean, I guess it would be the same issue if they were coming. It, it's to, the same, same thing.
1: Look, when it comes, I'm I'm a firm believer. We have law, You know, we are a nation of laws. We have laws on the books. Those laws need to be enforced period. Um, We are in a situation though that it's happened. Okay. We, we have a, a massive undocumented immigrant, illegal alien problem running around the United States right now um, that we need to get our arms around. So I don't think the answer is round them all up and throw them out either. I think that's inhumane. I think that's counter to a lot of our, our values as Americans. I think within that group, you know, you're dealing with, you know, fundamentally two specific groups. You're dealing with people who are authentically here to find a better life for themselves or, you know, in their families to join families and all the rest of it. Um, And, and we need to, we need to create a path for them to do that and to be part of, you know, the Amer- the fabric of American society. We, we need to do that as Americans because what? they're here. Okay. We got to deal with it. So
0: wh- then what there's your- the
1: other side of people okay. that do need to be rounded up and deported. And, you know, um, we need to empty our prisons and go put them back in a prison in their home country and make sure they don't come back again.
0: So what about here? What I've always I've been saying this. I I, I would like to have a more secure bird uh, uh, border somehow, yeah. some way. Right. But I agree with you. There are people here that are never going back. So what of you know what? You're here. We got here. Amnesty, everybody. Here you go. Here's our Social Security card. Let's let's get you all working. The ones that can work. Get rid yep. of the bad people and then go to having a stronger border to make sure that we don't have tens of millions of people coming across. What do we just leave it open? I mean, I don't want it open. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah. yeah,
1: Look, that's, you know, that's the basic, basic fundamental of, of, of sovereignty um, is your ability to, you know, your ability to control your border. Um, You know, to me, without that, then you cannot declare yourself sovereign you cannot claim yourself, you know, as a sovereign nation if you are unable to control the borders, you know, of your nation. Um, you know what does that look like? Right. There's walls. There's technology. There's physical presence. Uh, there's there's layers, you know, layers of uh, of security that go that go into that. Um, so yeah, I think both from a a, a physical um perspective and a um uh and a policy procedural perspective it needs to be tightened down. do we need new laws i don't think we need new laws i think we need to enforce what we have we need to again we need to review we need to make sure it, <coughs> it's reasonable it's realistic it makes sense um you know everybody everybody understands and you know uh, plays by the rules um, so yeah, I mean, it's like I said, we, we so,
0: do, do you think wave the magic wand and make everybody here give them amnesty and their citizens, or do you say, hey, you, you guys all have to, you're here, but you all have to, uh, you know, go through the process that everybody else had to go through to become a citizen, or are we just whoosh, boom, you're citizens and let's move on?
1: Yeah, no, I right, I don't think it's a wave a magic wand and all of a sudden you're a citizen, I think it's a mm-hmm. A process of, you know, ensuring that in the same way, you know, you you're a, a become a te- you become a permanent residence. We have a process to for due diligence. Um, you know, we can I know some of the problem with with immigrants from any number of nations is the availability or legitimacy of, um, you know, of of records back in their home nations so we need to do our best to establish that at least since you've been here you have been a good productive member of society um you're a good person you have good intentions uh and 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 we need to to make that valid and then again let congress decide what's the time frame to from from that moment to when you are able to apply to become a citizen and what is that you know what does that look like mm-hmm. um so got to give them a path um but we also have to make sure to a degree we've done our due diligence
0: okay what now uh what about energy what about gas I, are we making the move to to electricity uh, electric cars or you know let's dig let's drill baby drill or let's get oil from wherever the hell we can get it from whatever country and you know stay with uh, diesel and yeah yes
1: so I'm I'm actually I'm a big green energy advocate all for it but it's not a 12-year plan. Um, understanding, uh, like I said, I worked inside the oil and gas industry as well. Um, they look in terms of 50-year plans. So I think there is certainly a path to cleaner energy. There is a path to, you know, the electric cars and, and and you know, all of these ideas, renewable energies. The approach is a bottom up approach it doesn't start at the federal government and and come downwards where it begins are in local communities or groups of communities that build micro grids that incorporate renewable resources your wind bio thermal um solar and and power their own communities and power their own their own critical infrastructure within that community and then the excess sort of goes into a grid right and if you got five Mm -hmm. communities doing that that excess all trickles up and then at that federal level is where we start thinking about the long-term plan for how do we uh you know where where are the where are the charging stations for cars uh where are we generating energy from so the short-term issue when it comes to things like drilling, is we need to drill, we need to reduce our 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 dependence on foreign oil, um, and we need to go back to being energy independent, if not an exporter uh, of energy. Particularly when it comes to you know ca- petro petrochemicals and carbon you know carbon based fuels and all the rest of it, you can't just flip a switch. But what you can do is develop a plan, a twenty twenty five up through a a, really a 50 year plan that you're going to need to transition the country off of fossil fuels into stable, renewable energy resources. Um, You need to make those early investments that improves the technology. I mean, again, anyone will tell you a lithium battery is not any more environmentally friendly um, than anything else, uh, you know, than drilling for oil. Um, you know, we need to look at the politics of that. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, China has been China has been buying up lithium mines all over the world. I think they they own the biggest one in Mexico right now. Um, you know, so we have to we have to make some political calculations as well. When we say we're going to transition, well, you know, well, how, we're, how are we going to do it? So where are we going to put it? You know, what makes sense? In 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 five ten year increments all the way to, we're in advanced you know green green energy uh, green energy solution, but this idea that, you know in 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 te- the idea that just by mandating it it's going to happen, it's it's a fallacy and it's irresponsible in every sense of the word.
0: Uh, real quick, you just brought up China. Should should we allow China to be buying land in the United States? You know, buying up our farmlands and. Yeah. You know, let's say they bought a lithium uh, mine in China. Should we not? Should that be allowed?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, in in this, you know, and to me, the if we sort of start getting into, you know, national security issues and all the rest of it, we need to have a serious look at um, the influence of foreign governments across the board. Um, in the institutions of the United States and even within you know the influ- they're an influence in, uh, in major corporations in the United States. We're not all playing by the same rule book and we need to stop pretending that we are. Um, and we need to start pretending that that they that that China, that Russia, that North Korea, that Iran, that we, we need to stop pretending they they are in any way, interested or or motivated to act as a good global citizen in partnership with the United States and we need to call it what it is and we need to root it out
0: so I agree now you brought up national security where what's your national security plan where are you on this well you know
1: it goes down to defense strong mil you know strong military It comes down to anticipating the actions of of nations that that may be against us, Um, and it 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 needs and the intelligence world needs to have a very comprehensive look, like I said, across all of the entire spectrum of influence of foreign nations in the affairs of the United States, you know, at home and abroad. One of the major national security sort of policy issues that would be different for me is that I would include healthcare as part of national security. And I say that because everything is dependent upon the, the, the health of the nation, from you know our, our children's education and future through our ability to have qualified, competent, healthy people in the military. To the general population's um, health against things like COVID, against you know weaponization of of viruses or, or whatever else might come our way. Um, so I would reframe discussions about healthcare within that national security umbrella to say, you know, we need to make, we need to be looking at investments, um, particularly for, for children and, and teens. I think once you enter the the workforce, then we look at private options. We make account for unique situations, peoples with disabilities and, and all the rest of it, but really a sort of cradle to grave approach. Um, because if we do not have a healthy nation, we are not, you know, our economy doesn't work. Our yeah. military doesn't work. Our ability to, you know, influence what happens in in the global environment does not work if if, if Americans aren't healthy.
0: Yeah, we're not healthy. That's we're not. As, we're, I sit and have, we're, as I
1: sit and have my Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Um, all
0: right. Last one. Guns. AR, I, I mean, Love specifically em. AR-15s. So I talk about guns in general and about the Second Amendment, but, right. it, you know, the assault rifles, I know it doesn't stand for assault rifle, but right. talk about that. Uh,
1: you're right. I mean, it's a this is a people problem. The, the gun issue is a people problem. The gun issue is a mental health problem. Right. Again, national security. Um, you know, health care is is physical and and mental. Um, you are not going to to deregulate people's feelings and, and emotions um people's propensities for violence um and all the rest of it these the people that act with weapons uh you know the pro- the problem isn't that they just were able to get a hold of a gun i mean that's that's the that's the last part of the problem mm mm-hmm. That's the end. You know, the problem began long before they ever put their hands on it. Um, so the the whole idea that, you know, because the gun exists, because it's now it's not saying you just leave them out. Right. We need to have you got to be responsible. Um, you got to be got to have it locked up. You know, all, all again, we've got the laws for it. We've got the the fundamental controls about it, but. Focusing on the 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 method by which somebody committed an evil act mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't solve anything, you know. Right. I'm sure. a firm believer in the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say you know the four oh the forefathers could never have envisioned, you know, a weapon of such magnitude that could you know kill you know thirty people, uh, you know, in one shot. B- but again the founding fathers, you know, their intention was that the people were armed, you know, to keep the government under control, Um, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's part of our national defense. I, I believe it's, it's one of the, you know, main reasons, reasons, a land invasion of the United States, you know, China could put, you know, a billion of themselves on, on, on 25, you know, Twenty five hundred aircraft carriers and and try marching from Chicago or try marching from uh, California to Boston. I don't think they're going to get too far past Idaho or Utah or, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll, uh, they'll go right through California, no problem.
0: Well, actually, I I just I interviewed a gun expert a few weeks ago, yeah. and he said that there is uh, uh from when um uh, World War uh, saying wrong WW two happened the reason that Japan didn't attack the mainland is because they were nervous that every farmer in America would have a gun that's right. I mean I don't know if that's fact or not I mean I'm yes I think every farmer has a gun I don't know if it's legit that that's why they didn't come to the mainland right he said he all right honey sorry my my wife um he said that <laughs> yeah man, I'm in trouble he said maybe I need one um oh, <laughs> Jesus What he said was that so many people in the United States have a gun. It's the biggest armed force in the world. Right. Oh, and you know what? And
1: I mean, and if you look for all the, you know, all the, the, the horrible, you know, tragedies that happen, I mean, you look at a situation like, um, like hurricane Katrina in 2005, right. New Orleans, you know, it was the fact that people in communities were armed and they came together and they, they safeguarded their own community until law and order could be established until, until lawful authority could come back. These people said, we're going to set up our own patrols. We're going to monitor our own community. And I think the, that is a, an invaluable um, tool to have as a people. And I, and I think that speaks more to the character of gun owners in, in America than the bad incidents i think you know the fact that and look any number of those communities could have said you know what we're our own independent nation now and they probably you know could have had a good but that was never anybody's intent their intent was we are going to prevent the bad people from coming in here Mm -hmm. and once lawful authority is able to you know provide the service again we are happy to put them away and step back and and get back to day-to-day life and i think you know i mean that's america
0: that is america baby america so all right how do people get in touch with you? how do they get involved
1: sure so um you can go to the website it's either uh com or forthepromiseofamerica.com uh have you know i i have outlined a, a you know a lot of basic policies a lot of basic positions on there Hopefully, you know, look, I'll be looking to, to build that out and get into more detail. Um, there's a way to email through there. There's a way to donate to the campaign through there. So mm-hmm. as soon as I reach $5,000 in donations, then I have to register with the Federal Elections Committee, yep. which that in and of itself will be a great news story. You know, some guys, you know, who was who this guy? It's going to at least get my name on the list. And Whoever is running from whatever party will see that list and you know the, uh, who, who's out with this, this
0: guy. Opera, what?
1: Right. Um, so right. So that's so they can find it there for the America dot com, genesticko dot com, and uh, for anyone that's interested in in discovering the opera, fthemet.com. dot com. All
0: right. Well, Gene Sticko, guys, he's uh, running for president of the United States in twenty twenty four. Hey, man. Thank you for for coming on. Uh, hey, I am going to hit you time. up after later. So I'll upload. Yeah. Uh, we're still live. I'm going to put this thing online. Yep. And I'll send you the link so you have it. I got my as you heard my wife needs me to go so something must be going on upstairs.
1: All right, sounds good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. And yes, best of so. luck. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.